I was telling the Bible class this morning that for the first time in my life today I'm wearing a hearing aid and it feels like I'm screaming at you at this moment. I hope I'm able to be heard and not too much or whatever. I'm adjusting things to to my uh, uh, with my hearing aid. In fact, the singing was wonderful today. It sounded twice as, as loud as it's uh, ever been here. And uh, I've never heard the air conditioner on before. It feels like I'm in a windstorm right now. You know, uh, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, uh, change in my life. But I hope we're going to make it uh, through my training with this, shall we say. For our text this morning, I'd like to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'd like to read three verses there, beginning with verse 4. Ephesians 4, verse 4, beginning. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. You know, the obvious thing about religion today in our world is that you have incredible divisions. Christianity, in the broadest sense, is hopelessly, it seems, divided. There are literally thousands of denominations. Now, you don't have them in Apache. You have a bunch, of course, but uh, I'm talking about around the world, literally thousands of different denominations. And obviously, people do not see the Bible alike. And that's a part of the denominational situation. Why don't people see the Bible alike? Well, there are reasons, and we'll talk about those later. But here we must start with some basic fundamental facts before we answer that question, why do people not see the Bible alike? Here are four things we need to understand. Number one, Christ taught one teaching. Christ taught one teaching. Now, that may be obvious to most people, and yet it is absolutely basic. And if we don't know that and understand that, then there will be troubles. He didn't say to one individual or group, you do this, and then turn around and say to another group, you do this. He had in his ministry no contradictions from one to another. Now, yes, during his ministry, he did say to various individuals, 
certain things that were different from others in the sense that they had individual needs, individual situations that needed to be dealt with. But what I'm talking about here is he was building, he was establishing the foundation for especially with his apostles what would be later on after he went back to heaven. In fact, as you look at scripture, you know that he saw himself presenting one basic body of teaching and he combined what he said during his ministry with what the Holy Spirit would then continue to give by revelation as he left with his, his uh, ministry. For instance, in John chapter 14 and verse 26, he promises this, the Father will send the Holy Spirit and he will teach you, to, he was talking specifically to the apostles there, he will teach you all things and bring to your memory what I've said to you. In other words, you're going to remember by the power of the Holy Spirit what I've taught you during my ministry. But then the Holy Spirit is going to add to that as he continues the revelation process. Another promise he made was in John 16, verse 13, where he says, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. So again, that one teaching of the Lord is promised in what he said here. The disciples were given to understand that perfect agreement. How to be saved, how to worship, how to serve as Christians in the Lord's kingdom. There was one faith or one united body of teaching. That was in our text a moment ago from Ephesians 4 verse 5. One Lord one faith, one baptism. In 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 17, also, Paul says that he preached the same thing in all the churches. And here was a man that went from place to place, establishing and maintaining congregations across the Roman Empire. And he said, everywhere I went, I had a consistent, united message. It wasn't, again, different in Athens from what I said in Philippi or uh, in Jerusalem, what I said in uh, Thessalonica. No. It was a united message. He taught one basic teaching. In fact, he warned people in 1 Corinthians 1.10, there was to be no divisions among God's people. They were be united in teaching and in their thinking about that teaching. Years ago, 
And I mean, actually, the first part of the 20th century, you had a really strange idea developing over in Germany. And it was the idea that somehow in that early church you had a big division between Paul, Paul and the people that were with him and Peter, the other great apostle, on the other hand. And so there was this big controversy between the Jewish church and the Gentile church. That was a figment of the imagination of mankind. There was nothing like that. You cannot find that even in the hint in the New Testament as it is revealed to us. No one really seriously would dispute what I'm talking about here with our main point. Jesus taught one teaching. And uh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the apostles, the early disciples presented one teaching to the world. And so this is not an answer to why people are not seeing the Bible alike today. We must look someplace else. Number two, the Lord's teaching is the same today as in the days of the Lord and the apostles. The Lord's teaching is the same as it was today. The message has not changed. It has not needed revision. It or modification or addition. Second Peter 1 3 reminds us we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. He said that in the first century. And he's not talking about something coming along later on. Jude 3 makes the point. Contend earnestly for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. Now, you cannot have a clearer statement than that. Contend for the faith that was once and for all, not with additional things coming along later. Even when the Lord presented the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, he talks about all authority be, being given him. And then in the last verse of that commission, he says this, Go and teach them to obey all things I have, I have commanded you, and I will be with you until the end of the world or the end of the age. In other words, you go with the same message and you keep speaking that message till the end of time. So again, that teaching of the first century is the same as it is today. Now people may want to change the message today, but the Bible gives absolutely no possibility for that. So again, uh, the answer 
it is not here for why people do not see the Bible alike. Uh, in other words, people may want to say, well, we need to redo things, modify things. No, the Bible doesn't give us that possibility. So that's not the answer. The same message for today was the same message for the first century. Number three, man's nature has not changed. In other words, could it be that we humans are just simply different from the people of Bible times? Are we really different or have we today in modern America in 2021 just a different kind of people? Well, we know more, obviously. There's more things that scientifically, for instance, that are very much a part of our knowledge and uh, information has exploded. You know, you think about even in the last 10 years or so. But not one thing about our very nature has changed. Not one part of us as human beings has changed. To read the Bible is to see ourselves clearly to see and understand ourselves clearly. We have not changed. We have not evolved. And let me say it this way and listen very carefully. Adam and Eve lived in Apache, Oklahoma. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean the same characteristics of that man and woman at the very beginning can be found in the citizens of this community or any other community. Adam and Eve and what they were and represent can be found all over the place because we have not changed from the garden to today. We're still the same. In fact, it's interesting as you contrast the nature of human beings to look at a couple of passages that are such a contrast. There is a passage over in Psalm 8 that I'm sure you've heard many, many times. It speaks of the grandeur and the glory of man. Let me read it from Psalm 8, beginning with verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? 
For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. What a glorious statement about us. And yet on the other hand, think of the passage that you find in Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. I used this as a text uh, a few weeks ago. It talks about the, the nature of man on another realm and how we approach God with sin. In fact, uh, that sermon was called The Awfulness of Sin. And it is truly something that we have to deal with. So from glory to being sinners before God, you pull us together and realize our very nature has not changed. We are what we are, period. So again, this is no answer for us to say, well, we've, we have people that just evolved, so that's what we see the Bible a lot. We, that, that, the Bible misses the point with us today. No, it doesn't, because we're the same folks that they were back there in the Bible time. Finally, verse 4, for just a few moments. We can infer and we can conclude and say because of number one that I've mentioned, number two that I've mentioned, and number three, there are the same reasons today for people failing to understand and obey the will of God as the reasons in the days of Jesus and the apostles. We can find what they didn't see in the will of God in their time and apply it to what we can do or cannot do today. It will not be something mysterious or unbelievable but rather clear and easy to understand. We will see in the coming weeks three, the three, shall I say, the three major reasons why people don't understand the Bible a lot. Three major things. We'll talk about the first next week. Thank you for sharing this lesson with me this morning. We've seen the four as we've talked about them, these four truths we need to understand and we need to realize that we must see the Bible alike if we're going to be pleasing to the Lord and uh, the truth of the Bible is uh, possible to see and we need to see and understand it with conversion we have the same issues today I can tell you what the Bible says about how you can respond in, uh, to the invitation of the Lord and be saved from your sins. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God, that he could save your soul, what a wonderful thing that is in the foundation of everything else. 
you need to repent of your sin to make that spiritual U-turn in your life. Luke chapter 13, verse 3 makes that point. You need to confess that faith that you have, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and then be baptized, immersed in water, as the Lord says, for the remission of your sins. If you can, if you have a need for that this morning, and you need the prayers of the Lord's people, you need to identify with us here at Northwest, at uh, Apache, won't you come? While together we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to part one of Why Don't People See the Bible Alike, a three-part series by Brother Manny Jones. If you have prayer requests, questions, comments, please email us at OSTCOC at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and may God bless you.